0: Hey there, True Believers, and welcome to Simply Devotion, the podcast that takes complex theological ideas and breaks them down into points of simply understanding. I am your host, Pastor Vinny. And I'm the podcaster that likes to remind you, when life throws a monkey wrench at your head, Jesus is still the Logos, the logic, the reason, the word that builds your faith all the way back to the Kingdom of God. Hey there, true believers, and welcome back to another podcast from Simply Devotion. Having several episodes now under my belt. I've got to tell you something, I've got to be honest. Podcasting is like super fun and highly creative, but it also is a lot more work than I thought. I mean, you talk into your Sure 58 microphone and you think 40 minutes later you have a podcast but no you have to edit (laughs) you have to figure out how to weave in music to set the stage for what you've said and the whole thing is like when I listen to my own episode of my podcast all I hear are the many mistakes I have made. Hopefully, you're showing me more grace. But for me, there's a little struggle going on trying to produce this content and I'm trying to get batches of this content out and upload it ahead of time so that I don't have to do it every week. It's just sort of done and uploaded, awaiting for its release day so that you can find it. And, you know... It's just strange because I'm pretty sure I like know how to talk, but as soon as I sit down in front of this microphone and begin to try to talk to you, it's like I'm tripping over my own lips. It's like so weird. I understand that there is a learning curve to this, and I would covet your prayers as I continue to learn and ask your forgiveness as you've suffered through some of my earlier productions. And while it is a battle, while it is a fight, isn't everything in life that is worth the effort you put into it a struggle, a battle? a fight. In fact, this goes exactly to what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the battle of life. I want to talk about the warfare of life. I want to talk about the fact that there are spiritual powers at play in our world that want us to give up, that want us to get tired, that want us to not edit our lives the way that I must learn to edit my podcast episodes, right? So like, this is the thing that I've been thinking about as I've been preparing for this particular episode of this podcast is that anything that is worth having involves sweat, tears, and struggle. And I wonder if that is also true about your spiritual connection to your heavenly father. Not that God, not that your heavenly father would ever want your relationship with him to be a struggle, but Revelation chapter 12 tells us that there was a war and it broke out in heaven. And that Michael and Michael's angels threw the devil and the devil's angels out to the earth where those dynamic forces went to war against the woman, which in prophecy is symbolic of the church. So why God doesn't want your spiritual relationship to be difficult or to be a struggle, there are powers in this world that want your walk with God to be disrupted, distorted, frustrating, and hard. We must be diligent not to give in to such powers and not to assume that such a struggle means that we are not being faithful or that there's something wrong with our walk with God or that God is not hearing us and caring about this struggle, the reality is is that there's always going to be spiritual warfare until Christ returns. And really in this podcast, this episode of my podcast, that's what we're talking about Spiritual warfare, it is a reality. If you want to be in the ring or not, you better get your dukes up. You know, you know what your dukes are, right? It's your fists. You better get them up. You better cover your face. You know, when I'm play boxing with my son Jose, you know, I, I teach him how to defend himself, how how to have a proper stance, to put his hands in front of his face so he can jab but also block. And when we talk about spiritual warfare, we better have our dukes up because otherwise the devil's going to ring your clock. But the purpose of this episode of my podcast Simply Devotion is how to beat the devil in spiritual warfare. How to not let the devil punch your clock, but how to knock the devil out. Just because here in North America, predominantly where I am, here in America, we don't really see dynamic possession or familiar spirits or voodoo doctors on street corners, that doesn't mean that there is not modern dangers. The truth is that the devil does not need to spook you with horror movie theatrics or creepy things that go bump in the night. The devil doesn't need to fill you with fear from this sort of supernatural side of evil. The truth is that we are already prone to darkness because, as Jesus said, light came into the world. But man? Loved darkness. You see, our fallen nature has already put us at a deficit, and our fallen nature has already weakened us, and so the devil is zeroing in on this weakness that we have. When your world is already full of evilness on all sides— You can bet that that slippery old serpent, that slithering snake, does not need to slip into your spiritual life through such obvious ways as Ouija boards or witch doctors or any of that Beetlejuice kind of stuff. He already has full access through the darkness of your own heart and the darkness of your own mind. We see the world through darkened eyesight as fallen beings with a fallen nature. Instead of acknowledging all the protections that God has given us and realizing that God has surrounded us with guardian angels and that he has bestowed upon us grace and that God is like the king of last-minute saves rushing In and rescuing us from our struggles, our trials, our hurts. Instead of focusing on all that positive stuff that God does for us, the devil tricks us and we focus on the losses. We focus on how we fall down. And we almost never too rarely remember the wins that God has given us. Are you getting knocked around by life? Maybe you're straight up getting clobbered, kicked, and knocked down the stairs. It's all a part of life in a fallen world. A fallen world is like a boxing ring. And I guess even in a boxing ring, if you get brutalized enough, if you get plummeted enough, things start to go dark. Realize That's normally what happens. Be careful. When you get dazed and confused and your world starts spinning and you're feeling dark and tired, you might be about to go down for the count. Now, when I was growing up, the prevailing advice about a good fight and being able to fight a good fight was simply to knock the other person out before they knocked you out. You did whatever it took. To knock the other side down. After all. If you let them get the jump on you. You might never get a chance. To counter back. You had to fight. Fire. With fire. If they were dirty. <laughs> you had to be dirtier. If they were mean, you had to be meaner. If they fought to win, you better fight to win like it's your last chance. I mean, I grew up in the 80s. Remember the 80s? Like, the 80s were like the king of trash talk. (laughs) It's like, you know, half the fight was how good your trash talk was, you know? And, you know, (laughs) there was that old saying, you know, there's only going to be two hits, me hitting you and you hitting the ground. The 80s were all about eat or be eaten, right? It was the era of Clint Eastwood and feeling lucky punk. But the Bible has a different approach to spiritual warfare than the advice I got growing up in the 80s about fighting bullies and being cool. The Apostle Paul does tell us to fight the good fight. Yeah, we need to get in the ring because the devil is going to come after us. The devil is real. But when we go to war, how do we actually win? How do we fight the war in a way that we come out the victors? Paul says this in writing to church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to diminish strongholds, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Second Corinthians 10 verses three through five. In other words, Paul says we don't fight like the world fights. We're in the ring. We're fighting the fight. The fight's going to come to us. But rather than sink to the level of the world, Paul calls us to higher ground. He says that the way we spiritually fight is that we take every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. We take every thought and we take it captive to Christ. And this has me thinking You know, it challenges me. I don't know. I hope it challenges you. Do you have the struggle that I have? Do you still attempt to fight spiritual battles with the world's methods? Seriously, you can't win God's fight using the devil's weapons. This fight belongs to God. Spiritual warfare belongs to God. And if you are nuking up with the devil's dynamic powers, if you are invoking anger and rage, if you are full of trash talk and filthiness, how is God going to win in your life? There's a reason Paul called it a good fight. Fight the good fight. Christians are to take the fight with honor. The devil plays dirty. Christians fight with honor. They have a higher calling. Christians belong to a God of integrity. And so they must deal with earthly powers that are being controlled by spiritual forces while using integrity. Christians must always fight spiritual fights with godly methods. Those who fight fire with fire not only get burned, but those who fight fire with fire are likely practicing to be children of hellfire. If we fight greed, we overcome it with giving. If we fight oppression, we overcome it by justice and setting captives free. If we fight lust, we rise above it by glaring into the beauty of Jesus. If we fight gluttony, we fight it by eating more of the bread of life. If we fight covetousness, We conquer it by giving all we have to Jesus. And so the Apostle Paul gave this direct instruction to his young protege, Timothy, on exactly how he expected Timothy to fight his battles. His words to Timothy come to us all as a charge into the battle that we all fight daily. Here he says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith. Take a hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Again, First Timothy 6.12. In other words, you may be in the ring, but you're not fighting the good fight unless you're fighting with goodness, unless you're fighting with a way of which you confessed you would live your life in the presence of many witnesses. This is probably a reference to Timothy's baptism. Paul is saying, fight the good, fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It is a fight, but it needs to be a clean fight. And it only really makes sense. God's war in your life against Satan will not be one with unholy hands. Stop in the midst of your fight. Are you struggling today? Do you feel under attack today? Do you feel tired today? Are you losing your temper with people? Are you snapping at loved ones or even people you don't love? That's just as bad. These are signs of being under elongated spiritual warfare. Welcome to the ring. Welcome to the fight. Now, you get to decide if it's a good fight. Paul didn't tell you to fight every fight. He told you to fight the good fight. So stop. Look down at your hands. Are they bathed in the baptism of Jesus? Or are they set afire with the fury of hell? Just stop in the middle of your fight, in the middle of your spiritual struggle. Pause and allow the Holy Spirit to soothe you, to collect you, to assess you. Ask God, what is my motivation right now in the middle of whatever is irritating me? Am I motivated by a sense of God's righteousness? Or am I just angry and full of hate? Ask God to show you because the battle belongs to God. And I have news for you. If you are fighting the Lord's fight with Satan's sword in your hands, you've not only lost the battle, but if you've realized it or not, you've actually changed sides. You are actually swinging Satan's sword. And you wouldn't be swinging it at him. You're on his side using his weapons you are actually swinging Satan's sword at the cause of Christ. You are on the wrong side. You may have started fighting the fight for the right reason. You may have woken up and sought to live your life today for the glory of God. You may have got frustrated when the coffee machine didn't work or when you burnt your toast or when somebody cut you off on the highway. That one really burns me up. You you may have had someone be rude to you as you walked into the office. Whatever the case may be, you started out fighting this fight today for the glory of God and somehow Satan tricked you by ambushing you with series of small attacks attacks that made you feel defensive and made you resort to anger and wrath and frustration and all kinds of vile thoughts deep in your heart about people who may be annoying or may be problematic in the moment, but are not the real enemy. You see, Satan uses spiritual warfare to turn you into his soldiers, to attack other people. If you are attacking other people because you are frustrated about what is going on in your own life or your own day or your own emotional makeup at that moment, understand those other people you are attacking are not the enemy. They are Children of God, that if they know it or not, Jesus Christ went to the cross for and died for. Remember the true battle that you got in the ring for. Take a hold of life and the eternal life that God has called you for. You battle death and darkness with light, life. In love. Listen to me, true believers, hear this. You kick hell to the curb by overpowering this world with the kingdom to come. You send the devil his eviction notice by letting God's will be done on earth as it is also done in heaven. You overcome and kill the darkness by shining the light of Christ. Give that devil, give that snake, give that serpent his eviction notice. Kick hell to the curb by showing it you don't belong in its zip code. You fight by the principles of the kingdom of God's zip code. You will win the fight by getting yourself out of the ring and tagging Jesus in for the knockout. I remember growing up and watching wrestling and, you know, there was just like this short phase where I wasn't wrestling. It wasn't long, thank goodness. Hey, I was a kid. Don't look at me like that. But when I was a kid, I was just like into wrestling for a while. And, you know, now my son, who's eight, you know, Jose, he's into wrestling. And, you know, he plays it on his video game on his PlayStation 4. And, you know, he makes his characters and so forth. But nonetheless, I digress. When I was young, probably around Jose's age, at age 8, I was right into wrestling for this short little while, and my favorite kind of wrestling was the tag team, and, you know... Wrestling, is it's all an act. It's all a play, professional wrestling anyways. And, you know, they're all hamming it up, and they have these moves pre-choreographed out. And, you know, there's like a plot to a wrestling match. I don't know if you ever saw It's like uh, the good guys come in, and they start to win, and, and and then they're overcome by the bad guys. And then you're like, oh, no, the bad guys are going to win, and then the good guys overcome, and then it, like, switches back and forth a few times. Well, in the tag team, they, they really up the ante of this whole shenanigans and you know when you're being beaten up and you're being you know about to be pinned down to the count of three you have a partner it's your tag team partner and you know you can get out of the ring and then your tag team partner comes in and takes over the fight for you. But the problem always is in these choreographed wrestling uh, dramas is that, you know, the villainous character will never let you be able to reach back to your tag team partner. And so you will always see in these productions, you know, the, the good guy trying to get back to tag his, t- his, his, his tag team partner in. And you will see the tag team partner reaching and reaching and reaching and trying to get to his partner who's being beaten down by the villainous side of the ring. But the point would be that when you tag your partner, your partner's more powerful. Your partner's not been being beaten on. And that's when, in these wrestling dramas, the win comes When it looks like the good guy is done, when it looks like the good guy is going down, when the good guy is almost counted out over and over and then he's body slammed and smashed into the ground, that's the point at which he finally makes contact with his tag team partner and his tag team partner comes running in for the win. You win the fight by getting out of the ring. And tagging Jesus in for the knock out. Paul tells Timothy, "You can't beat the villain. You can't beat the enemy. You can't beat the bad guy if you're fighting him on his level with his weapons and with his methods. If you want." To kick hell to the curb. If you want to give the power of Satan its eviction notice out of your life, if you want to do this, you need Jesus for the final knockdown. You need Jesus for the knockout. And so Paul also tells Timothy in that same chapter, But you, man of God, flee from all of this, the devil's ways, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. That's actually how the quote goes. First Timothy 6, 11 through 12. But you, man of God, Paul reminds Timothy, look, you may be in the ring and you may be getting clobbered and pommelized by the evil villains of the other side. But, You, man of God, remember who you are. You're not on the villain side of the wrestling match. You're on the hero's side. And you have a tag team partner. And if you're going to fight on the side of your tag team partner, you're going to fight with your tag team partner's methodology. And that's why he says, you, man of God, flee from this, what, evil. And pursue instead righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight. Don't just fight any fight. There are lots of fights to fight. And good luck to you if you're going to fight every fight that comes to you. Fight. The good fight of faith. When evil comes to you, you overcome evil with righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. This is actually how Satan is defeated. This is actually how you kick the devil to the curb. This is actually how you evict the devil out of your life. You, man, child, woman, person of God, flee from the devil's ways. Don't be fighting his ways. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Do you know that if you fight with those weapons, Satan can't win? Satan can't win. He wins by tricking you to take his sword and to fight his battle for him. But you will never be on the wrong side of the ring. Do you hear me? You will always be close to your tag team partner. You will never be on the wrong side of the ring. If your weapons are righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Jesus fights through you in the ring when you choose to allow Jesus to sanctify you in righteousness, godliness, faith, endurance, and gentleness. Don't you want the kick satan to the curb don't you want to send the hounds of hell back to their fiery pits let's serve satan his eviction notice let's serve that snake that serpent his final packing orders Let's evict him out of our lives. Let's smash down the gates of hell by fighting the good fight. I remember that story in Luke 11 where Jesus had just cast out a demon out of a boy. And the onlookers accused Jesus of casting out a demon by the power of Beelzebub. Beelzebub is an interesting name in the Bible because Beelzebub was originally a deity that belonged to the Philistines. Now, the Philistines were supposed to be pushed out by Israel when God had Israel take possession of the promised land under Joshua's leadership. However, Israel, being what Israel is and never really obeying God, didn't push out all of the Philistines, which meant they stayed along with their idols or their assumed deities. Beelzebub was one of those deities, those idols that they, the Philistines worshipped. The name probably means Lord of the Flies, which is probably where the title of the book comes from, right? But Beelzebub went on to continue to merge from being a Philistine deity or a Philistine idol to being a general Canaanite idol or deity, and he became known as the Baal or Bel. And created a lot of problems, basically, for the intersection of Israel and Jews who were competing for the Canaanite lands. And so eventually the Hebrews at some point came to see Beelzebub as a demon, a chief demon, a high demon. And so in Luke 11, when Jesus heals this demon-possessed boy and they accuse Jesus as using Beelzebub to cast out Belzebub. Jesus says something that's really, quite frankly, profound. Jesus basically says, why would Beelzebub cast out Beelzebub? In other words, demons are on the same tag team. And so Beelzebub is not going to help the good guy. He's only going to help the bad guy. And yet, despite Jesus saying that, Christians are constantly tempted, and somehow even we justify it in our mind that it is okay to tag in Beelzebub instead of Jesus. It is okay to use Beelzebub's strategies in the wrestling ring or in the boxing ring and ignore the strategies of Jesus. You cannot evict hell by inviting it into your guest room. (laughs) You cannot kick hell to the curb if you're going to set up a tent for it. In the front of your house. If you want victory in spiritual warfare, then do not engage in guerrilla Beelzebubian warfare. Fight fire with love, fight fire with compassion, fight fire with the principles of the kingdom of God, understand that the person that you might be fighting, the person who you might see as your enemy, is also a person that is being controlled by dark powers. But that person may be like that boy in Luke 11. That person may be waiting to be freed of dynamic possession or dynamic influence. And it could be, it could be that if you tagged in Jesus rather than Beelzebub, rather than darkness, rather than dynamic forces, if you tagged in Jesus and fought according to Jesus' method of fighting, which is through the powers of the kingdom of God, maybe your enemy gets set free from the powers of darkness. Fighting fire with fire only gets you burned by hell. Don't end up in the final destruction that Jesus reserved only for the devil and his angels, according to Matthew 25. Fight evil, With goodness because it is a good and worthy fight and it is the very goodness of God that comes into the heart and the mind of the believer when they're down for the count and it empowers them with new powers powers that are not of this world, powers that are of a world that is yet to fully come into our reality. They are the powers that can defeat old foes. They are the powers of the kingdom of God. The goodness of the good fight is Jesus in you. Jesus fighting in your ring which is your heart, your mind, and your soul. You can win the victory but you can only win the victory by fighting the good fight, not the fight of Beelzebub. I say it again. Tag in Jesus because it's time to knock the devil out. This podcast is partially inspired by a blog I once wrote, which was majorly inspired by my friend Daryl Ellis. Daryl Ellis is an IT tech guy in Iowa in one of the most serious country and western fans that are out there. Personally, I don't like country music, but I like Daryl. He's a good friend, one of my best friends. Daryl wrote a song. It was a country song, but I really liked it. And so, with his permission, I borrowed the main idea of his song as an illustration. I would like to quote his song. Quote, When burdens and temptations turn your whole world upside down, and no matter where you look, it seems that a true friend cannot be found. Well, life is like a wrestling match, and your precious soul's the cost. It's time to tag in Jesus before the main event is lost. The title's belt's a mansion that's awaiting on high. And Satan knows he cannot win if you refuse his lot. There's a savior in your corner, he's waiting for your call It's time to tag in Jesus and watch the devil fall Your referee's the father and your partner's Christ the son The day he cried it's finished was the day the match was won He is the champion of champions. He's the undisputed king of kings. It's time to tag in Jesus and let him do his thing. He'll body slam that old Satan to the fiery pits of hell. The devil won't know what hit him when they ring the final bell. So when demons gather around you, and it seems there's no way out, Time to tag in Jesus. He'll score the big knockout. End quote. Those lyrics I just read are copyrighted to Daryl Wesley Ellis II, 2008. Copyright number pau u 0033677 You have been listening to a podcast by Pastor Vinny McIsaac from SimplyVinny.com. Stop by our website, check out our blogs, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, all that kind of jazzy promotional stuff. But most important, let's keep growing together in Jesus Christ all the more as we see the day of his return approaching. See you at the next podcast. God bless.